Happy 2021. Welcome back to No More Conversations. Here with my homie T Rob, Terrence Roberts, TJ610, <laughs> Cycle Bay610, All Bay, whatever. He's got all the nicknames. How you doing, man? Appreciate you. I'm good, me. man. I appreciate you having me on. Cool, cool. So um, we met cycling. Yes. And for the longest time, I convinced myself that you had no endurance. Because in my experience, I'm, you know, I'm a moderate athlete, I'm a decent <laughs> athlete. There's no one who has your size that can typically keep up with someone that's my size. Correct, correct. That's, that's usually, that, like, I've never seen it happen. <laughs> You're 6'10", I'm 5'11". It's like there's no way that you'll be able to sustain this speed for the entire duration of the uh, for the entire duration of the ride, but you are definitely an athlete. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. If I am anything, I am an athlete. I am a determined athlete, and you know, I think w once we started cycling, I kind of noticed that, like, damn, my endurance ain't where. Mike's is where neither one of the mics is and then I kind of just built you know I'll just build on that like I'll stick behind them guys I'll learn I'll learn I'll learn and then I just grew from there and just continued to take off take off take off until you get to where you're you're pretty good okay because that's I mean that's I think is a mentality that a lot of people have mm -hmm. but I think a lot of people also have a hard time executing on staying with that yeah, that persistence to, to catch up. So where does that come? Where does that drive and determination come from? Uh, well, I'm newly retired from playing professional basketball. So and it's not like I didn't retire because I wanted to. I retired because my body required me to retire. Mm -hmm. So mentally, I still had it. I just had to find other ways to insert that into something positive, into something that was going to make me release those endorphins that excite me, give me adrenaline rushes, and I kind of found cycling slowly but surely once the pandemic hit again. So, and I just went from there. It was like basketball on two wheels for me. Okay. <laughs> so, you are newly retired, and how many years did you play professional basketball? Uh, 07, 2007 to about, I would say, 2018, so about 11 years. Okay, I've always been curious, because I mean, obviously when you have a professional athlete playing mm -hmm. sports for that long, it takes its toll on the body. So Absolutely. what is it like to put your body through that much ground and pound over an 11 year span? I mean, when you play professionally in the NBA, which I mean, I had a Super short stint, tried out for a few teams, uh, was on Oklahoma City briefly before I got hurt. Um, the NBA is a lot different than overseas. Overseas, it's kind of like you come there, you play. If you get hurt, you get cut. The NBA, your money's kind of guaranteed after a certain point, whatever's in your contract. So you can get hurt, and they're going to do their very best to make sure you're good to go and can get back on the court and be 100% before they cut you. <laughs> So overseas, overseas, I would say is a lot tougher. Also, depending on where you go, the money you're making will depend on the quality of play and the quality of care you receive. So 
I mean, it, it, it's it's really taxing. But I think the most taxing part about it was playing college ball. Really, that's where my injuries started. Playing college basketball at Syracuse. It just once I got hurt, I got hurt my senior year of all years, uh, knee injury, and then. After that, it was just downhill from there. I couldn't stay healthy for like more than two seasons to save my life after that. Is it, was that because you think it was like a lack of, um, maybe a lack of experience from the training staff or like not enough stretching? What do you, what do you think? No, I mean, from, from my point of view, I think it, it was definitely not the training staff. Our training staff at Syracuse was top notch. Uh, Brad Pike, he was amazing. He always had me healthy and strong. Uh, uh, strength and conditioning coach, who is now the strength and conditioning coach with the Portland Trailblazers, uh, Todd, he is. He was amazing when I was at Syracuse. I, I think more so it was more my diet. I was so athletic, so young, so raw, talented, and uh, I was athletic to the point where I I literally never stretched. I was the guy when we were doing team stretches. I was like sitting on the floor laughing and and joking and like, like fake stretching. But then as soon as the ball was thrown up, I was putting my arm in the rim and not realizing the harm that that was really doing on my body long term. So. I think a lot of that is where that came from. Okay. Now that actually really resonates because I was kind of the same way. When mm -hmm. I was coming up, I didn't like stretching. You know, I could kind of, Hated you know, you know just bullshit my way through it. <laughs> and, you know, it'd be good and still perform at a really high level. Right. But I'm like, just now, probably within the past, I don't know, the past four or five months, realizing mm -hmm. how important stretching is to yep. like my longevity and my, my physical health as far as being continuing to train at a, at a decent level. Exactly. Um, so, and you mentioned something about like nutrition. What mm. do you think you do now that helps you maintain your athleticism nutritionally? Uh, just, you know, I, ever since I started cycling, you know, I'm burning between 3,000 and 4,000 cal 4, calories a day. So I'm usually too tired to eat bad. Not necessary. Too tired to eat bad. Okay. Not necessary that I, because listen, they a lot of people in the cycling community. If you ask Ace, if you ask Kevin, if you ask a lot of people, they be like, "Oh, you talking about the donut man?" Because mm -hmm. I get a donut on every ride. But when you're burning four thousand calories and you're 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 not gonna eat that in a day, you know what I'm saying? So it, it's like eating a donut or two is not gonna do anything for you, especially when you like. I'll get up. I'm I'm eating instead of maybe eating bacon or frying something or scrambling some eggs or something like that. I might just have like some celery and some peanut butter. Or I might make a fruit or a vegetable smoothie that's disgusting and then just chug it down, force myself to eat. So I try to consciously do things more often than I, use, than I would normally do instead of like just waking up. Like back in the day, I would wake up and microwave a leftover pizza and then go work out. Right, right, same here. <laughs> like same it ain't here. nothing, but... <laughs> But you know, after after I turned like 30, 31, I started to realize like oh, I'm I'm getting round, so I gotta I gotta I gotta figure some things out. Here. Right, right, right. <laughs> I gotta figure some things out, and I gotta figure them out in a hurry. So I think that really changed my perspective on a lot of things. And then meeting people my age, I think that were really fit, and then the people that I train that trained me and coached me, people like Greg Freeman, who I I got my bike from, who is who is physically fit and although they're vegans and I'll probably never be that, 
but like I like I admire a guy who's like 56 or 50. I'm sorry, Greg's 54, and as fit as he is, like it, right. it's like he has to sandbag for me to keep up with him on a bike. So right. it's like <laughs> right, right. Same. So it's like I mean, so like I aspire to be that person. Like when I'm 50, 60 years old, a lot of these guys I'm biking with that I struggle to keep up with on a daily, you know. I, I aspire to be though that in that good a shape at that time, at right. that age. So, you know, that's what made me really change change my diet, start eating a little bit more healthier. But for the most part, I just I bike a lot. Right, <laughs> right, right. You do. You, you bike a lot. Yeah. You, you bike a lot. It amazes me. You go do out a ride, you do a ride like in the morning, do 30 miles, you come back at night yeah. and be keeping up with me. I'm like, okay, I'm definitely not on his level. Yeah. I can't perform at that level. But right. It was just the same thing for me. It was so inspiring for me to see, mm. like, people, older people, you know, mm. 50s, 60s years old, and they're in great shape, and, you know, and they're outperforming. Killing it's us. like, that's they... where I want to be. <laughs> right. You know, and I was like, I can't continue to eat like I did in college. Exactly. And maintain that level of performance at mm. that age. You know, just that that physical performance, that mental clarity. You know, they're, they're exactly. still with exactly. it. That's really impressive. Can I get you some more mm. mouth action? Absolutely. Indeed, Absolutely. Indeed. So... You spent a lot of time overseas. Mm -hmm. What would you say is like the biggest difference? Um, I know it's, it varies uh, from country to country, mm -hmm. but like, what would you say are some of the biggest differences between how um, people overseas? And you can clarify on exactly where you stayed, mm -hmm. like how they live life versus like how we live life in America, or the different perspectives. Okay, so. Remember how you told me when you were living in Orange County how, like, everybody was kind of, like, carefree and it, it's not as uptight sometimes as, as it is out here in L.A.? Correct. And a lot of places overseas, that's how it is. I feel like a lot of the places that I've played, from the, the men to the fans to the women, everybody's more intrigued about the American culture, especially the people that haven't been to America. They're more intrigued about who you are, what you bring to the table, you as a person, just in general. As to out here, they're just like, you know, you might see somebody you don't know and just be like, oh, you know, it's just another person. Mm -hmm. Out here, out overseas, they know, like, instantly, like, oh, he's American, for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, fresh off the plane, like, that is an American. And, right. and they, people like that are, they're just interested in, like, what your culture is like, what you like to eat, and, you know. Stuff like that, like when I played in Romania, mm. uh, third world country, it, it's, it was seamlessly a pretty poor country. It wasn't, they didn't, at the time, they didn't even have a highway. They were building a highway mm. in the whole country. Like we, it would take us 12 hours to drive from one city to the next mm. because they didn't, we had to drive from city to city through the mountains and all of that. So it it was it was tough. Language barriers are always tough, but the people there were always like so welcoming, like so like you could just walk into anybody's house and like oh come in you you want something to eat and really? like no problem in it's Romania. Like, in Romania it's like they were so so welcoming. Romania was like that. New Zealand was probably the best place for that, but. I, in my opinion, New Zealand is very Americanized. That's why I took to their culture. A lot, like far as like food-wise and stuff like that, it was very easy for me to adjust because I was a fat boy when I was still playing. <laughs> so, but I mean, it was the the culture difference was big, but not big in the sense that 
it wasn't hard to deal with. You know, like Japan, what Japan, the Korea, the Asian countries, I think were the toughest for me, because I didn't, I don't really eat like sushi and all of that Asian the raw food and stuff like that. I didn't really do all of that, like Korean barbecue and all of that. I did none of that, and I played. A year in Japan, and man, but when I came back, I left for Japan. I was two hundred and maybe fifty pounds. I came back. I was like two fifteen. I just wouldn't eat. Oh wow! Like it's just like they would, they would feed us and they would give us these like boxes of food. And you're thinking you get a you get a big box. It's gonna be a bunch of food. It'd be like two pieces of sushi and a little. (laughs) round thing of rice and you'd right. be like what am I doing with this <laughs> right. like this rich people food I don't want this <laughs> but I mean you, I guess they said the longer you stay there the more accustomed you got to it but I, it did not take with me at all I think that was, Japan was probably one of my least favorite places that I played but people over there that stay there more than a year they, you know, they make a career out of it and they love it so I just didn't give it enough I just didn't give it much of a chance okay yeah Got it. So, what is it? Would you say? Because you, it's, it's it's safe to say that you were passionate about basketball. Absolutely, okay. absolutely. And is it safe to say that you're also passionate about cycling? Absolutely. What is it about cycling that really attracts you to the activity? I because I had to retire. I think because I had to retire so early. And I wasn't able to accomplish a lot of my long-term long-term goals in basketball. And I see that, you know, cycling is a sport that I've been doing since I was a kid. I've been biking. I mean, I haven't been, I'm only two and a half, three months into road cycling on a road bike. But overall cycling, I've been doing since I was a kid, like hard cycling as a kid. New York style cycling. <laughs> so I think just that competitive nature, seeing the drive, seeing the hard work that those guys have to put in to be so good attracts me. Cause I know that like, I see people that are better than me and I don't like that. Mm. So I take it, you know, like I saw you were a better climber than me. Mm -hmm. I didn't like that. Right. So I did everything I could to try to be as good as you are. Mm -hmm. So, once I feel like I got, I've gotten to that point, then I'll try to attach myself to somebody else that I feel is better or at a at a higher level. So, like you haven't biked with us in a while, right. so I had to find somebody that I can like latch onto that I felt like was better. So now it's like Ace and Summer. Like Summer is like a ridiculous climber. So I had to like, okay, I need to be as good as like Summer and Raphael in climbing. Mm-hmm. And I need to be as fast as Ace and Kevin on sprint. So I need to be as fast as Greg on everything. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, and I take that as a challenge. So I kind of set goals for myself. Like I need to, I need to be this way. Like, like when I started, I was good, but I would be fatigued. We all know because I was then with 290 pounds. Mm-hmm. So I knew I had to lose weight. It took six months, but I went from 290 to 230. Now I can, it's easy for me to maintain 230 to 235 now because I'm burning 4,000 calories a day. Right, right exactly. <laughs> it's just hard to put your weight on. Exactly. As much as you so, got, for sure. 
So, I mean, I think that's the – it's just my competitive nature that, that drive to want to win. And then I'm watching – I watch a lot of film. Kevin's always sending me film. Ace is always sending me film on things. Uh, I'll race with Kevin, and Kevin kicks my butt all the time. Yeah. And it's always, you know, K, K, you know Kevin. He's super calculated in his sprints and stuff like that. So you think you got him, and then next thing you know, you hear the concrete being ripped up behind you as right. he's passing you right past the finish line. It's a scary so. sound. To hear exactly. It it's intimidating. I don't think he knows how intimidating <laughs> I don't, that I don't is. Think he knows either, man, but that is wild the way he just moves. Exactly. Know? So, you know, I think at this point, I'm just, I'm trying to slowly and surely become better than the people that are around me and put myself into position when the race season comes back around that I can begin to fail because you're going to start off failing. So I can begin to fail to know where I, what I need to do to start being successful and being a podium guy. You know what I'm saying? So initially I just started to doing it because I didn't know anybody. You know, I, I was kind of out here. I was been out here for years and I didn't know enough people in the African-American community. And then I started biking with Ride With Us and then I was like, oh my God, like all of these people are nice people. Like, right, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> nice people. Like I, I don't know what the news is talking about. Right. These people are all friendly. They're like news is telling you don't go to Lamerck Park. We leave from Lamerck Park all the time. It's beautiful over there. Like beautiful. what is the that's right? Nice exactly. Brown people everywhere. That's it, but nice brown exactly. people everywhere. And, you know, that's kind of how I learned. And then slowly but surely, everybody's introducing me to everybody and putting me in position to, you know, slowly make, slowly but surely make myself successful if I continue to do things the right way. Right, right. Okay. And that's, and that's something I really loved about our, our group ride with us, mm -hmm. you know, um, having that many black people like doing something positive in, in yeah, one space. Absolutely. Typically you don't see this many black people out on bikes yeah. together. No. You know Not at, at all. all. You know, and I think everybody of all colors and shades and races races they, they appreciate, you know, just seeing mm -hmm. that because it's different, it's new. And, it, and it's so funny. We, we joke about it all the mm -hmm. time. People say, oh, or what are you guys protesting? What are you guys, what's no, your message? It's like, we we're are, just exercising. Right. We are peaceful Americans, <laughs> we sir. We are peaceful <laughs> Americans. That's all we're doing here. Right. You know, everybody just got off work. We're just, you know, trying to get, trying to get out and stretch our legs. That's all we're trying to do out here. So, <laughs> um, so something else you said, you said you pick somebody who's better than you. Mm -hmm. and you, you latch onto them so you can improve yourself. And I think that's mm -hmm. a very valuable skill that can be applied in a number of areas. And fortunately, for the groups that we ride with, everyone's, like, really helpful. Everyone's yeah. really helpful. I remember when I started riding, you helped me. You mm -hmm. gave me the gloves. You know, Ace gave me a helmet. Mm -hmm. You know, you got people like Greg constantly giving positive advice. And that's actually Absolutely. pretty much all of the... All of the more senior guys, they are always willing to help mm -hmm. and always willing to make sure you're on the right track and you're doing things safely and you're doing things that are going to make you better. So in your in your experience, through all of your athletic experience, mm -hmm. have you ever found somebody who was better than you that you didn't like and that you had to let them go? Somebody that was better than me than I, that I didn't like. You know, I think in, in in cycling, I haven't found that person yet. I'm pretty sure I will. I'm pretty, I've seen a lot of egos and stuff out there. I'm pretty sure I will. I'm not the type of guy that 
like will dwell on it. I'll just I'll work extremely hard to try to make that person look bad. <laughs> you see what fair. I'm saying? Yeah, so, you yeah, know, yeah, so fair. like the the person that I feel like like I really don't like this person, but he's really good. I'm gonna have to put in some overtime because I want to embarrass this person. Yeah, right, that, right, right. So I, I think I'm I'm more spiteful than anything. You know what I'm saying? Like I, <laughs> oh, I get it. I get it. I don't want to. You know that might be his character, and I'm not gonna judge him for that. But I'm gonna show him how I think he should be right. in that sense. So you know that that's how I would go about it, if anything. Okay. But I don't think it was. I don't. I I haven't found anybody yet that that's kind of out there. There's a lot of guys out there that that I ride with or, or try to ride with that are, they, they're they all about the cap. Like, they just, it's like, there's no reason to cap about, and when I say cap, they just, they want to do it, they want to do what I do, but it, it's tough to do what I do. Like, I bike every day, but to the to a normal person, to a normal person, they like, oh, this guy's go, he goes hard, he's extremely dedicated, this and that, but what people don't realize is I'm not working. This is a pandemic. Most people are still working. I I have not worked. I am I, I've dedicated all my time to my health and to becoming a better cyclist and trying to put myself in a position where I can be a professional cyclist and hopefully one day podium. Get a, I want to stand on I want to know what it's like to stand up on a podium. I never won a, a championship. I won a championship in college. I won two two Big East championships. I didn't win a, a NCAA championship. I won two Big East championships. I won two championships, state championships in high school. I never accomplished my goal to, of winning a championship professionally. Lost in a championship game. Oh, that hurts. Yeah, so I did, that that was tough. So right, you know, right. my next step was you know I need to find something that I can you know, feel good about myself and feel like a champion again. That That's what I've kind of been striving for lately. I want to feel successful in everything I do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that resonates yeah. for sure, for sure. I've, I've definitely been trying to to tune that in and to be like, be successful at everything that I, I engage in. You know, right. Whether it be at work, whether it be at play, whether it be mm. socially, whatever, just be like the best version of myself, you know, and it takes work. Exactly. It takes exactly. a lot of work. You got to really be nitpicky. And, and, you super know. nitpicky. You got to be super dedicated. And you got to, what people don't realize is you, you got to constantly critique yourself. Like I'm mm -hmm. constantly critiquing myself, whether it be like, me looking at myself and being like, damn, I need to put on five more pounds. I need to lift more. I need to get out the house. I need to start. Like, I've gotten to the point now where I'm doing so much cycling that I haven't gone back to, like, I got away from lifting as much as I should. And uh, my coach, Kevin, Kevin told me, like, I, I still need that fine balance. Your power comes from, you know, lifting weights and, and climbing and stuff like that. And you need that for you're sprinting and stuff like that. So you got to find that fine balance. So finding the right amount of like speed workouts and speed and endurance training along with climbing to build strength is is like one of the bare necessities. But at the same time, I'm also trying to give back to not the people that have taught me because it's hard to teach somebody that, have taught, that has taught you what you know, but to the people who constantly you're telling me like I want to be like you 
Like, I want to bring those people along. Like, you know, if this is something that you're really dedicated for, I, I can show you how to get to that point. You just got to be willing to put in the work and give less excuses about why you can't do it. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So, I mean, I think that's a lot of my uh, mo- motivation. Like, I, I'm also like a, a trainer, a physical therapist. Well, I'm not a physical therapist, but... I can do strength and conditioning training and stuff like that. I can do basketball training. So that's that's what I did when I was uh, coaching at Loyola for five years. So it was just something that I enjoy. I enjoy helping others the way I've been helped, you know, seeing people be successful in something that I couldn't be successful in. You know, I got guys that, that I coach who are now playing at Stanford and other colleges, uh, Boston University and stuff like that. My brothers play at, one of my brothers plays at Michigan. My other brother plays at um, Holy Cross. So, and I trained them when they were younger and stuff like that. So, you know, to see all of that, I mean, it's like, it kind of comes full circle. You know, you got those, you got the older guys now who are my coaches or like my basketball coaches. So you try to give back to the people that are, not necessarily believe beneath you, but the people who who look up to you and constantly are saying stuff to me about, you know, wanting to get better, well, let's do it. Right. Let's not make excuses. Let's just do it. Right. You give me a time, I'll make a time, and we could just do it. I'm not going to charge you because nobody charged me. Let's just get it done. Mm-hmm. And that's why, that's why I do a lot of my, like, like some people put group rides in for the camaraderie and stuff. I put... When I do my group rides, the Tour de Friends LA group rides, I do it because I want people to get better at cycling. So I do my rides are more geared towards like training and things that people want to work on and stuff like that. That's what's up. That's yeah. what's up. I, that that is something that I, I really appreciate about about our group and you as well, mm-hmm. specifically. Um, you know, just trying to help people get better. Like you want to help people get better. Yeah. Something that you said is it's important though, and I think that it's easy for many to kind of gloss over. It's like, you have to be willing to put in the work yeah. like there. And there's typically, that's, that's typically what I'm finding. Like in all, in all aspects of life, that there are a number of people mm-hmm. around you that are willing to help. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, but I think for a lot of those people, they just want to see that you're willing to put in the effort. Like you said, exactly. no more excuses. Like, exactly. I, I've been around, you know, I've been around a number of people, and myself included, where, you know, you feel like you're alone and mm-hmm. like, that you're doing this alone. Mm-hmm. But what I've been able to decipher is that it's usually like a mindset. It's like an attitude. It's how you communicate where you're at. Yes. You know, if you're constantly making excuses, the people that would help you, they're probably not even going to tell you that they were going to help you. They're just going to start distancing themselves exactly. from you because it's exactly. like, okay, well, they're obviously not in a, a mental place where they're yeah. willing to to help themselves, Right. you know, because people are willing, they're not going to put their hand out to someone to pull them over the wall. They want to know first that you are going to help yourself, to help them help you. Exactly, exactly. Uh, get, get over that wall. So I, I think that, that's super crucial. I heard something the other day. Um, about needing to uh, fire your inner drill sergeant. You know, I, like, I, I get it. I understand where it was coming from, you know, because you want to be kind to yourself, mm-hmm. you know, when you are failing, because failing is part right. of the successful process. Um, but at the same time, I don't know if you want to fire that drill sergeant. That yeah. drill sergeant is, is, is like key to your progress. Yeah, so you, need your be, you, you, you need your inner Kobe. You need your inner Kobe. Yeah, you, you might need to change the tone of yeah. your inner Kobe, your inner drill sergeant. Right, exactly. But don't fire him. Like exactly. that, that's your fire right there to 
to, to you know, move forward. To yeah. move forward. Um, shifting gears really quickly, um, something that has happened today that I think has been on of all of our minds is yeah. uh, what's happening <laughs> uh, at the Capitol. Yeah. Um, what What are your thoughts on, on the uh, happenings at the at the Capitol? <laughs> ah, as I take a drink. <laughs> You know, today was tough. You know, I went for a ride this morning. Probably one of the the tougher rides I've done so far. I was feeling great. I got back. I finished the ride. I was feeling great. I met some really good people. And I get back, and it was just like all hell on the television. I was like, God, I just wanted to watch Travelers. Like... Right. And it's just like my phone's blowing up, like alerts this, alerts that. And it, I mean, it's just a lot of the civil unrest is it's just so unnecessary. And it's sad because it's like what we were fighting for. And when I say we, I, say, I mean like the Black Lives Matter movement and just the, just the, a lot of the civil unrest that we were trying to figure out why we were being discriminated against. It's like they're doing the same exact thing, but not being punished for it, you know, which makes it really makes no sense. And it's to me personally, it's like extremely frustrating. Like I, I sit at home and I have a group chat with a lot of my uh, cl- d- nearest and dearest friends, like brothers out here. And a bunch of them uh, for most of the time was like, just stay home because I was like, I'm going to go get on my bike and I'm going to go to these protests. I'm going to go up there and I'm going to just be playing FDT the whole time on, on my speaker, on the bully, on my, my mountain bike, and just riding in circles and playing it on replay. And it's all just like, bro, please just stay home. <laughs> please just stay home. Because it's just, it's like, it, it, it's to the point now where it's really annoying. You know, you know, they didn't show us any, the police, uh, the president, didn't show us any compassion whatsoever. Didn't try to understand what we were going through or try to understand what we were fighting for. But yet he backs the people that stormed the Capitol. Right. Can you imagine if a couple of hundred African-American, Black Lives Matter, quote-unquote Antifa people stormed the Capitol? It wouldn't have been one person killed. It would have been so many dead people today. It, it, it would have been like, it would have been out of this world. It would have been mind-blowing the amount of tragedy that would have happened today if the shoe was on the other foot. And it's just, it's just sad to see as a country that that's where we are. Like these people beliefs, and, and I don't really understand like how warped, how someone can be so warped in their thinking to not really take the time to understand what we're saying or what we're going through or even try to process or sit down with someone that is different than you and say, you know, explain to me what you really are going through. Like, I want to know, you know, like I feel like someone would be willing to like I would be willing to do that. I might I might not be the best person to do it, but I would be willing to do that with anyone. Like to try to give them pointers or to make them understand like what as African-Americans we are fighting for, like actual freedom, like, you know, right. and I, I think a lot of that today is what has accumulated and it kind of makes it feel like we were we're back in like 
April, May, mm-hmm. where it was like, like really bad. Like it, it was almost like George Floyd was killed again. Like Breonna Taylor was killed again. Like they, they still don't get it. They don't understand. Like, and it just makes stuff up. Like then the president gets on the the president gets on Twitter. He he won't even go in front of he would, he didn't even do a presser. He did a video conference on Twitter. <laughs> and was like, you know, you guys are doing good work, but go home. Like, what? <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of hypocrisy um, going on. You know? Major, and, like in it. And it and, I, and it pains me to say that. I mean, I guess it doesn't pain me that much because it con- it's been happening for pretty much forever mm. in this country. Where, you know, if people of color were to do the exact same thing that happened today, there would be multiple people uh, who have been shot and killed. Yeah, you know? DC, or, DC, Louisiana Avenue would be painted in red blood today. Like, right, it, it's ridiculous. And it's and I think you're absolutely right. Like more conversations need to be had. Like people from both both sides need to be able to sit down and have a civil conversation. Um, what what I'm hoping, what I'm what I think happened was with with George Floyd. Obviously, you know, a black man being killed by a police officer. Mm-hmm. That's nothing new in America. Right. But I think you know the world was in a place we were in quarantine where mm-hmm. they couldn't. Uh, engage in their typical distractions. They couldn't exactly. engage in going to work. They couldn't engage in you know their Sunday brunch. They couldn't we, engage. We was all sitting know, there like this. In the workouts. We all had you know our eyes focused on this. Uh, what was it? Eight minutes of, of just yeah. this slow, slow, uh, a slow, death. painful death. A slow, painful death of, of someone who's not resisting. Exactly. You know, for for people to finally wake up and say, oh, there's something wrong here. Exactly, and so that's what I'm kind of hoping will come from this event at the Capitol mm-hmm. as well. It's like we're all still kind of glued to the TV. It's like, oh, yeah, black people probably couldn't do the same thing and get away with it. It's like at least some type of acknowledgement because it right. does seem like there's an, an, a type of awakening and awareness of uh, of society as, as a large, and it's, it's, I guess it's probably largely the white community because the black community has been aware of all this. We've been the subject of, of the. We've been uh, here before. <laughs> we've, been, we've been here before. This isn't new. This isn't new. My my hope is that because um, I, I I think um, I, and I understand it. I understand where this comes from. I I think uh, black people we still have a responsibility in this because mm-hmm. our our reflex. Is to be like, ha, see, I told you, you know, like, we right. told you this has been happening. Why are you so <laughs> stupid? We told you, we told you, we told you. No, go figure it out yourself. Right. Like, go read a history book. <laughs> it's like, well, it's like you, you know, if you have a, if you have a student in class, you know, who is sleep, who sleeps through all classes mm-hmm. and he finally wakes up and decides to listen, you don't tell that student to, you know, you know, go figure it out. Right. Like I think you know, unfortunately, it doesn't mean that we need to handhold. Obviously, right. we don't need to coddle anyone, but we need to be willing to have uh, productive and civil conversations exactly. with people that don't look like us if we want progress at a faster rate. I agree. We got to get. We we have to learn as a people to get rid of the "I told you so," because "I told you so" doesn't get you anywhere. "I told you so" gets you right where we are right now. I told you so is, you know, when everything was done in the past, you know, the 
we we got freedom. Freedom was the I told you so. Like you know, I told you so. We we were gonna be free. I told you so. Right. But it, like we didn't the fine print. No one ever pays attention to the fine print. So and and I think that's the that's the difference. That's that's the big difference in you know us making a difference in society, and us just sitting back and letting things happen to us in society, and then reacting to these things. And I also don't believe. I don't believe us sitting down with the higher ups is going to make the difference because the higher ups, like they're already, they don't care. You're not going to change their mind. Somebody that doesn't have to pay for anything, doesn't have to pay taxes, doesn't have to really don't have to work a day in their life anymore. Like they're not going to care less. Their grandkids, grandkids are set for the rest of their lives. So, you know, you, you're not gonna change somebody's like that mind. But the people that are on the front lines, whether it be Antifa, whether it be Black Lives Matter, whether it be, you know, Make America Great Again, whether it be those folks, you know, those are the people that you can change their opinions. Those are the people that I feel like need to be talked to. Those are the people that we should sit down and have communications with and try to see eye to eye with. Cause I'm sure they have things that they can, Excuse me. They have things that they can tell us that might not make sense, but they can break it down to us. And then we, we might sit back and be like, damn, he kind of had a point. And I know for a fact we got a whole laundry list of things that's going to make them tear up and understand things that will probably change the way they live, change the way they think about us, change the way they think about politics, change the way they think about, you know, their race in general the 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 damn confederate flag alone like and i mean just think about it bro is it, how many people voted for him still it's in the millions yeah. yeah that's that's just sad <laughs> yeah i mean i i think a large portion of his fan base voted with him strictly for tax purposes yeah Strictly. I, but, I think there's a large group the, of America that... That's the rich fan base. Yes. You know what I'm saying? That's the rich... The rich fan base ain't the... Ma- they're aren't, not. They're not, not the majority. majority. They're not the majority. <laughs> they're not the majority. The rich fan base was not at the Capitol today. Mm. <laughs> You're sure. absolutely right. The rich, the rich, the rich fan, fan base was not, was not at the Capitol. Yeah. Like, I hate to be... You know, I, 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 I try to take off my judgmental glasses all the time. <laughs> But I mean, the, the guy who was wearing the wolf's head <laughs> in the capital, the revenant, the, the revenant <laughs> with, with, without the shirt, I can't imagine that he's just got millions stocked away. Yeah, his parents might. You're right. Very he, true. His parents very might. True. Very true. His parents might. But he is the, he is the defiant youth that is <laughs> right. He, he, that, that privilege. That, that is that, youth, that you know, privilege. They that don't is, have you anything know. to worry about. And they can do anything and still be fine when they get home. Uh, but but it's not the majority, and I think the and I, I I think obviously well not obviously but the large portion of his fan base they vote for him because they 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 feel threatened for some they feel like mm-hmm. I guess they're losing their their power and I, I'd be curious to talk with someone curious to talk with someone on that side who who supports Donald Trump to understand where their concern lies. Like, exactly. what, what is it do you really think is happening or what do you think that Donald Trump is fighting against? 
Like, how do you think Donald Trump is protecting you? Like, what specifically are you worried about? Um, you know, I, I think, you know, building the wall was a large portion of his... Because uh, <laughs> uh, I uh, roll my eyes twice. Right, right. Like, 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 the, like the Mexicans, you know, taking your jobs. Um, I mean, like, again... I want to talk to someone specifically on that side. It's like, have you have have you feel like your job is in danger of a Mexican taking your job? Because they, right. they, most of the time they don't typically want the jobs that we want. Exactly. Um, you know, so I, I I yeah I don't know. I would just need to have a conversation with one of his supporters. Exactly. That isn't rolling in the dope. Yeah, that's what that that and and that's what I'm saying. Like I I want to talk to somebody, and I want to understand. I want them to break down how they feel and make it make sense to me. And then when they're done and I'm done drinking my bottle of wine, then I'm going to give them mm -hmm. my sense and what what I feel and how things really are and what's really going on. Right. Right. But it's just like that's just it's just it's so mind boggling to see everything like the last time before I went to go work out tonight, like there was no arrest. No, no one was arrested today. Mm -hmm. Now I could be wrong. I know a bunch of people in LA were arrested on both sides, on both sides of the, the campaign. It were both today. Yes, it were a bunch of people oh, in LA okay. arrested. It was a bunch of stuff going on downtown in front of the uh, police plaza and in front of, uh, I believe, City Hall. And once the Left wing got a hold of it. They came down, and once the right wing got a hold, they came down, and they just stood across the street, and the cops stood in the middle. And if you crossed that line, you got arrested. Okay. If you started an argument with the other side, you got arrested. Okay. But you know, I think that was more so. You know, they wanted to protect the police department, which the the right wing seemed like they were trying to get into. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's just, it's a very weird place as a country we're in. I think, you know, it's sad, but a lot of people on the outside looking in are laughing and saying, man, I'm glad I don't live in America. And when was the last time people said that, you know? Right. Like, people want a vacation here more than most places in the world, but yet, not right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not right now. Right. Um, the world's just kind of watching us because there's just so much craziness going on. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It's an interesting. It's an interesting place to be right now because obviously I, I you know, I I love America. You mm -hmm. know, it's afforded me a lot of opportunities. Absolutely. Um, there are its downsides. I've been fortunate to where I mean, you know, it, it's it's not every black man's experience. You know, to never been have been harassed by the police. Mm -hmm. You know, but for the most part, I feel like I can move freely mm -hmm. through through most areas just about any area that i decide yeah. to go to i feel like i can move unhindered yeah you know but at the same time i realize that there is a large portion that um there's a large there's a large portion of america that does not feel the same way that there yeah. is a lot of unrest you know we do kind of live in a bit of a bubble here in la mm -hmm. um you know, you do have you know you do have your, your your staunch Trump supporters and you do have your staunch Black Lives Matter supporters, but there's still a, 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 unless you're you know waving a flag or wearing a shirt, pretty much mm -hmm. people leave you alone. 
Yeah. You know, regardless of what you look like, you can move in most places through LA, and nobody's going people to do a good out. job of minding their business. People right. do a good job of minding their business in yeah. LA. If you're not looking for attention, yeah, people do a good job of leaving you alone. For sure. Yeah. You know, I feel like I feel like out here, the main thing is obviously it's LA. Like out here the main thing is money money comes first out here mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the for the majority mm-hmm. if you people don't understand like if you come to LA you better be able to hustle hard cuz that's just that's the majority yeah most people out here are like even me like my hustle right now is cycling um this is this is what I want to do so I'm I'm hustling trying to whether it be trying to get a new bike whether it be trying to keep up whether it be trying to get as good as the people that's in front of me, it's a hustle. If you ain't ready to, to come out here and lay it on lay it all out on the line, move to come out here and move to Santa Clarita. Stay out in that area right. somewhere. Right, right. <laughs> Go north, that. live out by six flags. You'll be you'll be a lot more comfortable out there than you will be oh, in yeah. LA. <laughs> I heard that. Heard that. That's true. And that's that's something that I really appreciate it. You know, I, I, I think you said it right. Like, money comes first out here. Yeah. Like, money comes first. Everyone you come across is hustling in some way, shape, or form. So if you're not hustling, it will make you question yourself. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, well, I, I'm slacking, you know? Like, mm-hmm. what can I be doing better? Because I think that's what L.A. does. It forces you to dig within to find, to find the areas in which... You uh you can be better. It's like L.A. is the inner drill sergeant. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, what well, what are you doing? Like, are you know you can be right. doing more? You know you got you know Tony next door. You know Ashley exactly. down the street. They're making it happen. Like, what are you doing? You and know. You, and out here, you one thing about out here, you gotta have the right right circle of friends mm-hmm. because you can get lost in things you are doing. You can be doing something that you can think is is good, but if you don't have someone in your corner that's going to question what you're doing that can hurt you out here like i i feel like i have a group of friends i have my good friend of mine chad al and uh justin they will question everything to jt is like an fbi agent he is going to question everything he's going to make sure everything is right he ain't going to let he going to google it he, he's going to make sure everything is on point. He is never going to steer you down the wrong, down the wrong path. Mm. Chad is going to, my, my boy Chad, he's going to make sure your hustle is on point. He's going to make sure you putting everything that needs to be put first, first. He's going to constantly check on you. He's the oldest one in the group. And then the youngest one in the group, Al, he's from out here as well. Me and Chad, Chad's from New York. I'm from New Jersey. Justin and Al are from LA, Inglewood. So not too far from here, right around the corner actually. So they kind of are constantly on me like, yo, what are you doing? If you ain't cycling, you need to be looking for work. You know what I'm saying? Making sure that I'm constantly focused because they know it it is very, it's LA. It's really easy to lose focus. (laughs) You can get down on yourself in a second and then find yourself in the house Watching TV, Netflix, and playing PlayStation for a week, and that's a week that you'd have missed out on life, and you'd have, you could have missed out on money, you could have missed out on a blessing, you could have missed out on a lot of things. So it's always good, I think, out here to have that 
have that strong circle that will always have your back and always be there to help you take care of you at the same time as you're taking care of yourself. Completely agree. Yeah. You have to know who's in your circle. Yeah, absolutely. And, and on that note, an interesting question uh, came across my desk uh, maybe a couple of years ago, and it really made me think about who was in my circle. And, mm-hmm. and the question is, how many people in your circle will tell you the truth? Mm-hmm. Like, tell you when you're fucking up. Like, yeah. tell you when you could be doing better. And I, yeah. and I thought about that, and I was like, because, I mean, I have a lot of great people in my circle, mm-hmm. but not all of those great people will tell me if they think that I'm slacking. Right, yeah. You know, they're just going to be polite about it. Yep. And, 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 I'll, and I'll admit, like, sometimes I'm that polite person to my friends. I'm like, I should. You're like, yeah, you know, yeah. that's what you feel like you need to be. Okay. You know, um, but it's so, like... So you, you have three guys right there. So do you think you have more than three people in your circle that will tell you the truth? Yeah. How many do you think you have? Every single one of them. How, so those, those three. Those, so that's my, that's, my, that's my, like, that's my circle. Okay. Those three dudes and me, that's, like, my circle, that, that's my circle. That's my day one circle. Like okay. Point blank, period. If I need anything, I got different spectrums. I got older. I got younger. I got guys who've been in the work business. I got guys who own houses. I got guys who just they, they kind of have everything that I kind of look up to and can help me at, at any different point. You know what right. I'm saying? So I got guys that have played professional and now coach. I have guys who played with me in college but have been in the workforce ever since they've been done, been done with college. I've had guys who are swimmers. I have. I, it's a lot of people but I know every single one of them, and the twins, Connor and Jason. Mm-hmm. Like I know every single one of them would be like, "You want some bullshit?" Yeah. In a second, like, and I love that because I won't do that with myself. Right. Like I might say, I might say to myself, uh, "I might be on some bullshit," but I can recover. Right. right you know right. what I'm saying? But you can be in recovery for months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was in recovery for an entire year. That's why I got up to 290 pounds. <laughs> There. <laughs> there. And they was the, like, they, they were the first ones to tell me, like, yo, you need to get it together. Like, and if your circle ain't tight, if you ain't got, like, I'd rather have people around me cussing me out than the people buttering me up. Right. Like, I could care less about somebody be like, yo, you doing great. You doing great. Because I'm the type, I'm a Leo. I'm telling myself I'm doing great every day. Okay. Yeah, if yeah, I yeah. wake up, I'm telling myself, "Hey, I'm doing I'm great. great. I'm great. Yeah, we good. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Right. <laughs> I'm doing great. So wait, side note here: What is your birthday? August 14th. Because I'm a Leo too. All right, July 26th. Just okay. Cool, cool. Leo's in the house. Let's go. Let's go. Leo's in the house. And and that is that is so crucial because I I found that like you have to, sometimes you have to like seek out the people mm-hmm. that that are doing something that you want to do or they're where you want to be. You right. Know? Because the easiest thing to do is surround yourself with people that are just comfortable with themselves, mm-hmm. comfortable with you, and right. comfortable with just things as they are and have no desire to go beyond that. You right. Know? That, is, that is the easiest place to be. Um, but like to, so you have to, add, and those, and those people are great. It's good to have, I think, those people in your circle that mm-hmm. are just content. At all the time, because that's another subject about like contentment. You know, another question mm-hmm. I've been asking is like, how much is enough? 
You right. Know, like wait, like that's a that's a wormhole right there trying to figure out like you'll be I'm, down there forever. You'll be down, yeah, I'm, I'm in that you'll wormhole. Be down right there forever. I'm way down that wormhole. <laughs> um, but it's like I, I've actively had to seek out like new perspectives, someone mm-hmm. to tell me something new, someone to tell me something different. I've always been super inquisitive because it's like I'm looking for more. I'm looking mm-hmm. for people to push me. I'm looking for something, someone to challenge my my thoughts, my yeah. Positions. So we on the same page, yeah. Because that, that's exactly how I am. Someone who's gonna butter me up. It's like I that's nice, but it's you're, it's not really helping me. Yeah, we Leos. We, we do Leos. a great job of that ourselves. That on our own. We do that on our own. We wake up and brush our teeth and be like, you are a king. Like, exactly. <laughs> right. that look at you. Look at your teeth. Right, exactly. So clean right now. You're so clean. Look at you. You're just doing great. Guy, you're, you're doing great. You know you got a little acne there, but you know what? That's okay. It'll pass. It'll pass. It'll you're pass. doing great. The best thing for me to do is walk out the door and run into somebody that tells me, hey, you suck. Right. It's like, oh. That's that's the get best my shit thing for me. Yes, let me get my let shit together. Get my that's shit the together. best thing that can happen. <laughs> that, oh, that you know great. what? I forgot one guy, Wes Johnson. That's 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 the rest of them. That's the four. Okay, Wes Johnson. I always, I forgot about him just because he don't live out here no more. He live in he, he live in Louisiana now. So he mm-hmm. played for the Clippers. He plays for play for uh, New Orleans and uh, Washington, and then he played overseas recently. So. He lives in New Orleans now, but he's another one. He played at Syracuse along with us and me and Joe, along with me and Justin. So he's another guy that's like, I can always ask for advice. He's the guy that I look up to, even though he's younger, because he's been to places that I wanted to be, you know, playing professional basketball, been in the NBA for six, seven years, whichever, whatever it was. And uh, he's just a guy that, you know, he'll, he'll straight shooter. Every time, like, nah, that ain't a good idea. Nah, that ain't a good idea. You know what I'm saying? So, family man, married, a whole busload of kids. So, okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> whole busload of them. Bus he got a, kids. Yeah, okay. he got a football team. He's he working his way to a football team. So, well, congrats to him. Congrats <laughs> to, to him. Yes, handle it. But yeah, you know, uh, having people in your corner that are of solid mind, body, and spirit are essential, especially in trying times as we are in right now, going through a pandemic, you know. Me personally, I've dealt with depression. I've dealt with a lot of things in my life, ups, downs, you know, you know, not being able to achieve your goal because of like bodily injury is like, for me, that's hard because you know, we're Leo, so it's like I'm like I, I could I can play through this. I can figure out how to do this. But then when you get to the point, you know, when you get thirty, it's like your body is like when you've played as long as I've played, your body is like, bro, it's over with. Right, <laughs> it's over with. So when I started to like slowly see my decline, slowly see my decline, I was like, man. And then I started noticing like in games I was playing and I was like coaching, and I was like. Damn, it's really over. <laughs> right. I just coached this whole game pretty much. I look at the stat sheet. I, I might have a double double, but I got like ten and ten. I'm like, that's ter- in my book. That's terrible. Like right. that's not gonna work. So, 
Like, yeah, it's over with me, guys. Like, oh yeah, that's a that's a sobering that's a sobering thing, especially for Leo. You know? Oh yeah, like, yeah. Because it's like you get to like you you know I think through most of our lives we get you know we can push through pretty much anything. Anything. We can push through anything. anything. Like we'll we'll pick ourselves up off the ground. Yeah. You know we might be on the ground broken and busted, <laughs> but we will pick our own selves up. Our ego is gonna hold us up. Our ego <laughs> is gonna hold us up, like. Period. Point blank. It's gonna hold us up. Here you go. Get you some more, brother. There you go. <laughs> Get you some more. But it was like it was it was a sobering experience when your body's just like, nope. Like, yeah. Dude, like the, what you want to do, what your mind wants you to do, is yeah. no longer possible. Yeah. Like we can give you something, but it's not going to be to the extent that your mind wants it to. Yeah. Like your body's like, nah, you gotta figure <laughs> out some other way to finagle this. Yep. You know, uh, and that was a sobering thing. It's like, okay, like. You're, you're getting over. It's like, that's when I had to take my value off of my body or put mm-hmm. less value on what my body could do for me mm-hmm. and more value on what my mind could do for exactly. me. Like that was, that, and that was a hard transition. It's yeah. like, cause you know, we push, we just push through. Exactly. I'm still in that transition. Yeah. I'm still, cause you know, you know, I had a year, I had a year where I kind of was just like, I, I'm not going to actively chase going back overseas and playing like I, I think it's over you know the market overseas wasn't good anymore you know they they trying to nickel and dime everybody nowadays and I'm just like I'm not here for it I'm, I'm old school overseas and NBA so I like I want to be paid like you're not finna tell me oh you know 5,000 a month is gonna be good for me but yet you need me to start you want me to have nba experience you want me to average a double double you want me to win every game and the games i lose you want me to take blame in the media like not happening right and you want me to figure out a way to be healthy this whole time without getting treatment without spending any extra money that y'all got that like no that's not happening so i just i decided to you know I'm, I'm, i'm gonna take a break and figure it out so i took that year off i gained 50, 60 pounds, and then all of a sudden the pandemic hit, and I saw y'all biking around the streets, and I was like, it's a lot of black people. Right, right. <laughs> that looked fun. Yeah, yeah, I, I was definitely uh, pleasantly surprised when I found that group. Like, this is yeah. great. I literally blame you. Who do I blame? <laughs> I blame you. I blame the other Mike. I blame Ace. Cause I met Ace because of you, so I blame mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shout out to Ace. Shout out to Ace. <laughs> Shout out to Ace and Kevin. <laughs> I'm like, who is he trying to keep up with, and why is he so fast? And then when I caught up to y'all, I'm like, he not even sweating. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> and at that point, I knew. Yep, I need a road bike. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but let's not put it past. You were doing some incredible things on the mountain bike. Like, your body, I don't think people really know who don't ride bikes, mm-hmm. like, how much harder it is to ride a mountain bike over 30 miles as it is to ride a road bike over 30 miles. Yeah. Like your bike is, like, three to four times heavier <laughs> than a road bike. And you kept up over 100 miles going from... yeah. The Ladera Center in LA to Oxnard <laughs> and back, and you kept up. Yeah. On a mountain bike, like that's legit. Yeah, I, you know, I don't, I didn't think, I didn't think much of it until I got on a road bike, and I kind of 
and I started to understand the dynamics of being on a road bike, gears, having extra gears, two gears in the front. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I didn't really, I didn't get it until that point, and then I was like, I was tripping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that, that's, I think that is what made the transition so easy for me. And then the next thing I just had to learn how to do is, you know, kind of cater my workouts towards my goals at that point, you know. I want to be a good climber. Unfortunately, I hate climbing, but I have to climb. And then after that, after I, you know, started climbing, the more I climbed, the more I, you know, let Ace talk me into, Ace and Greg talk me into, and Kevin talk me into some of the most ridiculous climbing rides I've ever done in my, and you, in my entire life. Then I started to realize, I actually like this. I actually like how competitive it is, yeah. you know? So, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. it was like, okay, you know. I have to keep up with this guy, and I have to make sure Kevin does not beat me up any hill. Right. Right. No, Kevin should not beat <laughs> yeah. anyone yeah. up a hill. Kev, Kev, Kev we love you, but love we're, you, we're, we're at the point where, I mean, we have a rule now. If Kevin beat you up hill at the end of the ride, we got 50 push-ups. Fair. That's like, absolutely fair. Because Kevin men, knows this. Men and, men and women. Kevin knows this. He knows he takes his time up the hill. So if Kevin beats you up the hill, that's mandatory 50. It should be a mandatory 100. But the problem is, is... Once, once me and Kevin decided to put that rule in, Kevin randomly decides to sprint up certain hills. Oh, and okay. won't tell anybody. Okay, he just comes ripping by you, <laughs> and then you're just like, my arms are gonna hurt later. Right, right. <laughs> so, but you know, it's fun. We're competitive. It, it, it helps me. It keeps me. I think it keeps me level. It keeps me, me. Being able to go to sleep early because I know I have to be up early for a ride helps me as a person. It it helps. Uh, it it helps everyone around me really because I'm not as grumpy. Yeah. I'm getting normal sleep before before we was biking before we started before I started like road cycling with you guys and taking like sleep and health and stretching and all that serious again. Like, I was going to sleep. It, like, this is what's even crazier. A lot of those rides I was doing on a mountain bike, and we were leaving in the morning, I was doing it on, like, an hour and a half of sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Remember yeah. me telling you that? And how, can you remember all the, like, the, the, the BS I was eating? Like, yeah. I was, I, every time we stopped, I was like, two, three donuts, bag of candy. Right. Coca-Cola uh, Coca was the worst thing they could have told me was good for me. <laughs> right. hey, I'm chugging Coca-Cola now. Right, like, right. I'll be at the crib like, yeah, hey, I got to drink this because I got to ride tomorrow. Ride tomorrow. <laughs> I need this Coke right here. I need these 56 grams of sugar or whatever it is. <laughs> My insides are stripped of all color now because I got Coca-Cola. <laughs> but it works. You know, it's, you know, it works for me. I feel like it works for the people around me. And like I said earlier, if what I can do can inspire somebody else, then I felt like I've succeeded and that's what I want to feel. That that's, that's that feeling that I'm like yearning for, like success. And it, that's, to me, that's success. If somebody can, somebody messaged me on the ground like, yo, I did this when you had posted that. And I did the same thing you did, and I can feel a change. Well, I've, I've won. In my head, I, that's like standing on the podium to me because I helped somebody from being helped from somebody else. Right. 
You know what I'm saying? Right. Somebody helped me, and I'm just passing it down. Because for sure, that person is going to do the same thing if they got the right mindset. Right. And right. that's and I, I feel like that's what it's all about. And that's as a community, that's what we can do to help each other. We want to live longer as people. We want to. We don't want to be considered a minority. You know what I'm saying? So the things we have to do is live longer, help our kids live longer, mm -hmm. teach our kids the right things. You know what I'm saying? So we have to pass everything that we learned, the positive things that we learned to help our lives and help our longevity. We have to learn to pass that along to, you might not, you might not, I ain't passed none of this to people in my family. They look at me like I'm a psychopath when they're like, yo, you biked 60 miles this morning and you had like, 6,000 feet of elevation. Yeah, I did that. Right. I'm about to go for another ride just because I took a nap. Like, that's right. it. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> it, just, it. It is what it is. But, you know, but that's how you set up future generations to be the same, in my opinion. That's how you set up future generations to be even better than what you are. You know what I'm saying? I want my kids to look at me and be like, he worked his ass off. He might not have been shit in, in whatever sport he was in. But he worked his ass off, and I want to be 10 times better than him. Like, my son tells me all the time, I want to be as good as you. I want to play for Syracuse. I'm like, man, you should want to be better than me. You should want to play for a college that you feel like is better than Syracuse. Like, you should want to do everything 10 times better than me. I don't want you to be me. I want you to trump everything I did so I can feel successful looking in your eyes. <laughs> right, 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 right. Because I'm a Leo. I'm always bringing back the men. So oh, we got to bring it back to me. We got to bring it back to the self. That's what Leos do. We always going to find a way to make ourselves feel better. <laughs> but I, I completely agree. Like, it's, it's, and that's something that I found has been reinforced constantly uh, throughout my life. Like, it's, what, what helps you as an individual be better is when you're giving. Mm -hmm. it's when, what, what helps you grow, what helps you be more successful is when you're giving. And, you know, when you're giving information, when you're giving mm -hmm. resources, when you're giving time and energy, it's it, as much as I want, it, as much as there are times where I want to feel like I need to hoard information or mm -hmm. hoard my energy or hoard my resources, like I'm constantly being reminded and seeing examples like, no, you get better when you're giving. Exactly. Like you are going because it's like it it's, comes full circle. It comes full circle because it, it takes energy. It, it 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 takes energy to hold on to it. You mm -hmm. know, like and if it's something that's that's genuinely that's genuinely yours and that's something that you genuinely have, um, maybe an advantage in. Mm -hmm. Then, like, if you give it away, it just means that you just create more of it. It's like giving blood. Like when yeah. you go to the blood bank, you give blood. Like your body reproduces more naturally. And easily, just you know, when you get clean, fresh exactly. blood and energy, and I think that's probably a pretty good, uh, pretty good analogy of what it means to be able to just give people information. And mm -hmm. I think you know now nowadays, you know, because and that's the that's where you have to find that balance is because we live in this society that's super competitive. Yeah, you know, you don't yes. want somebody to have too much of a competitive advantage mm -hmm. over you. So we hold on to this information that we think is necessary because if we give it away, then they're mm -hmm. going to do better than us. Exactly. But it's like, well, maybe they're just doing better than you because they have a different set of circumstances, but just because you gave them this information that you have access to, it mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it's stifling your own personal exactly. development. Exactly. Or your own personal growth. 
So that's something that I'm still trying to like incorporate in my life. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, me being a Leo, I want to hold on to everything. Right. You know, it's like, nah, I'm not tough. I'll, I'll give you just enough to make you do that's better. That's your July Leos. That's, that's July Leos. That's, that's specific to the July Leos. Like, I'll give you just enough information to so you better off than you, you were, but I don't right. want you exceeding past right. the spot that I'm. You could be the same height as me, but you can't be taller. You can't be taller than me, no. <laughs> it must be a July thing. It's, it must be a July thing. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I feel it might not be, because at the same time, like, I'm fine with someone that is under me that kind of maybe I trained or is looking up to me and is training the same way I'm training surpassing me as long as I stand on a podium. As long as I've done something, no matter what it be, where I can say, you know, I was the head of the table at that point. I was doing things the right way at that point. I expect to be surpassed because that, that, I mean, that's life. You know what I'm saying? But I want to be at some point, I want to be the one on the top of the table. I want to be, you know what I'm saying? I want to be, I want to pull a sword out of the stone. Like, <laughs> right, right, exactly. I want to be that guy. So, and I, you know, that's a, a big Leo ego thing. We all go through that at some point, but that's just how I want to be the center of attention. I want people to be like, even though I'm not from out here, I want people to know like, oh, yeah, big dude with the blue bike, tall bay, TJ, <laughs> yeah, Terrence, yeah. T-Rod, whatever you want to call him. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know, dude. He, that's a good dude. You know what I'm saying? He 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 work his ass off. I, his son, he gonna be a beast. Like I, these are the things that constantly are like cycling through my brain. Like, and if people can like, I just want everybody kind of to attach on to the good vibes and just run with that. Right. Like that. That that's like to me. That's like spread love is the Brooklyn way. Like that. Okay. That's the best okay. way. You know what I mean? That's yeah, the best yeah. way I can put it. <laughs> yeah. That completely resonates, and that's you know that's that's the only vibe I've ever gotten from you is, is good vibes, like from day one, just good vibes. So I appreciate you, uh, you know, just just being that energy, you know, that, thank you, that thank positive you. force. You know, Same, it's tenfold, right? Yeah, appreciate that, man. Um, so yeah, I appreciate you joining tonight, man. On the I appreciate it. It was a, it was a pleasure. It, it was a, a pleasure. pleasure. You're right, but, you know, absolutely. Pleasure. So uh, yeah, we'll see you guys uh, next time on No More Conversations.